God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So uh, which story do you want to pick? I mean, we have Twitter. We have Brittany Grimer, that dude that came over from Moscow, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, was locked up and we traded the du- him for The dude a- that's, a, that's supposedly a woman that's married to another woman? Uh, the, the, that, that person, <laughs> <laughs> Brittany. Brittany. Uh, you know, has a has a girlfriend or a wife. Has a wife. They're, they they are two wives. That's the yeah. way it works these days, apparently. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not really. But uh, I guess if you're a man, you can play in the WNBA or the Women's NBA League. It could be. But we traded he, her, it, this, their, uh, what is it now? It's a he, their? Well, they, st- they still refer to Brittany Griner as being a she. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they do. But but there's a lot of people where they want to be called it or there or uh, this. No, or, no. Nobody wants to be called it, but there are a lot of people that want to use they and there. What are the cisgender pronouns again? Do you, do you have any idea? I think it's they and there. And then, no, but the question is always, what are your preferred pronouns? It sounds more I, like Britney's a they. I know, well, probably. But no, because but, but I, they call, I'm they looking call, at Britney right now. Playing basketball with no shirt on. Yeah. You know how they say women are topless, but men are shirtless? Yeah. And the thing is, is that, I mean, it's a man. Yeah. I mean, I it's know, clear as I a bell. Know. I would love it for Vladimir Putin to be, uh, you know, send out some, some new uh, information about that. I wonder if he will do that. But uh, we traded this person who took a knee. What's worse, I could care less whether they you know, want to do whatever they want to do with their bodies and whatever, yeah. right? Or declare themselves whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't impact me. But this does impact me because now we got a weapons dealer uh, that's been freed up. What do they call him? The, mer- the merchant of He's death? He's the merchant of death. 
Bout. This guy's name's Bout. Victor Bout. Victor Victor Bout. Yeah, yeah. So we traded uh, Victor Bout, or however you pronounce the name, for Brittany Griner. And in the meantime, we um, we have the the guy Marine Wellen. Paul Paul uh, Paul Wellen. Paul Wellen is still there, and Paul Wellen has been there for over four years. Brittany Griner was only there for nine months. And yet there are people that say that if you do something in the service of your country, you should be first on the list. But the speculation or what they're you know talking about um, on media channels is that Wellen is put in a different category because he is, was suspected of being a spy, which for everything we've just been saying about Brittany Griner, uh, that uh, accusation was never lodged. So, so that could be part of the case or... You know, as I well, actually get- believe, or as I actually believe, this is all about let's satisfy an agenda for a certain population. That's it's, what it's about. Yeah. So maybe they could have gotten well, Paul out after all. Their track record speaks volumes. Right? Yeah. That's what they're all about. They're all about, you know, they hire, they hire uh, Supreme Court justices based on gender and skin color. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the chapter we're on. We've regressed. The Democrats have got to be the dumbest caucus group of people on the planet yeah except for one that's kirsten cinema yeah she's now an independent right so the question is about that is is that going to make the senate even right and the answer to that is it depends on which caucus she caucuses with mm-hmm. because if she caucuses with the republicans then it's sort of like um it's sort of like uh, in in uh, I think it's in Philadelphia where yeah. you have to be a Democrat to to be able to vote in the Democrat primary. Right. You can't be a Republican. That's very true. And vote on okay. So so basically, if you declare yourself part of the Republican caucus, then there is a balance uh, of power in the Senate. Right. Just simply because Kristen Sinema want to be an independent. And I would like to see Joe Manchin, who's going to be running, I guess, in a couple of years mm-hmm. um, in in uh, West Virginia. And uh, that would be a big problem for him because Trump won that by 40 yeah. percent uh, West Virginia. So I would imagine that politically he doesn't stand a chance unless he switches parties. Right. And I don't know how you could be a moderate Democrat. And support the Democrat Party right now. So I, I mean, I don't. And Cinema said, you know, she's not into the unit party. She's not into this two party system. Um, and that sounds like two different things. But she was basically saying these two parties are, are gridlocked, and she wants to be an independent. And she sees a rising surge of independents in Arizona. Who knows? Um, and who knows who she's going to caucus with? I imagine she's going to caucus with the Democrats, which means that everything she said about this one party rule in the Senate is just hot air and that she's just playing this game to get paid off. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to pay her a lot of money, whether it's cocaine Mitch, because he has a lot of money. Right. His wife owns foremost group, that shipping company that ships narcotics all over the Asian Pacific. Right. Right. Um, well, you got that. Um, the, you got that wealth. You got that money and power, right? All those super PACs that Carl yep. Rove and Mitch McConnell yep. helped Josh Shapiro out with, the Democrats over in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you got all that. So you, there's a lot of there's a lot of money just being ill spent, uh, which brings me to the next point uh, about the RNC. Um, we have some good information about that, where there's at least two defectors in the RNC uh, for votes. They they basically say uh, that we don't want um, Ronna McDaniel. It turns out that Ronna McDaniel already said she was not going to run. Yeah. For a fourth term. Right. And here she is running for a fourth term. She's just a greedy monster mm-hmm. and she sucks at her job. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems with Rona McDaniel. And again, I've been complaining all week about the McRhinos, right? You got Mc, the McDaniels, right? You got M- McConnell and you got McCarthy, yeah. right? All three need to go. Yeah, it's because just a, it's an accident of ethnicity that it, their last names all begin with MC. If you can't win with MAGA candidates, then shame on you. Because you know what? It's not the MAGA candidates. You know, even even Marjorie Taylor Greene, and this this really one, this upsets me. She said we need to get better candidates. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that it's not a candidate problem. There, there's no way you could tell me that Katie Hobbs was better than Carrie Lake. She I would wasn't. take Carrie Lake every single day and Sunday. I mean, Carrie Lake stood for something. Carrie Lake wanted the debate. Carrie Lake said on day one she was going to declare an evasion in Arizona from the illegals, which are only going to get worse after the uh, after December 21st when Title 42 goes poo poo, goes bye bye, and and uh, it's going to get worse. Okay. So that's going to be a problem. And there's no way you could tell me that brain-dead Fetterman is better than a Dr. Oz cardiologist. No way you're, are you going to get me to believe no, that. No, and that, that was a travesty. This guy that, never that held happened. down a job in his life and you know, had a silver spoon in his mouth. And, and yet he was playing the common everyday man guy. And there's card. no way you're going to tell me that infanticide man uh, Warnock represents Georgia better than Herschel Walker the great running back for the University of Georgia. Um, you can't tell me that. And, and it's not that we have bad candidates. In fact, the MAGA candidates who support border security and don't just bloviate but really want to put pen to paper, uh, I'm telling you, folks, the, the, it's the McConnells, the McCarthys, and the McDaniels that are the biggest problem in the Republican Party and why we've continued to underperform. Yeah. So you can't tell me it's MAGA candidates. I'm not giving up on MAGA candidates. I want more MAGA candidates, not less. I'm not running and cowering away from the fact that we underperform because we have basically, uh, we have um, varmints in the house that we need to get out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we basically are have enemies from within. And why in the world they keep getting power? It's because they have the muscle. They have the leverage to ruin your life. They have the leverage to uh, kick you out. They have the le- Take this. It happens on the left, too. Mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez is being investigated for ethics. Right. Okay. You know why that is. Because the, ever since Nancy Pelosi got the gavel, She's had a thorn in her side, and that thorn isn't just Paul Pelosi, her son, her 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 husband. That thorn is that the squad, and I've said this for years, 
the squad got together. They said, "How many votes do we need? We're five short. You know, we we have a we have a um, a, a benefit of five or six votes." So yeah. they got together and they got themselves about seven votes. Right. And uh, they got you know Rashid Talib. They got. Uh, Ilhan Omar, they got Ocasio Cortez, they got a whole bunch of others, right? Ayanna Presley, Corey Bush, Ayanna Presley, and a couple of dudes, right? And um, and they got this whole squad together, and it was basically like the Freedom Caucus is a voting block, right? Right. You got to appease the Freedom Caucus in order to get you know to get certain things done because the Freedom Caucus is is further to the right than say McCarthy is, right? And that's pretty much led by Jim Jordan. But right. um, in any case, so you get these voter blocks, these, these caucuses, these blocks. So you got the squad caucus, right, in the House. And basically every time Nancy Pelosi wanted to do something, and Nancy Pelosi is about as far left wing as you can get, mm-hmm. but the squad wanted Nancy Pelosi to even be further left, which is like somehow like to set Israel on fire and really be an anti-Semite. Right. You know, I, I don't know. How far she could have gone, but the squad was radical left, right? Like mm-hmm. like hate America left, and you know Nancy, as much as she hates America, would would realize that that would hurt the vote, right? right? So that would that would hurt the brand, right? Right. That would even be too much for the libtards at Twitter mm-hmm. to comprehend, right? Right. They would blow a gasket. So the point is, is that. Ocasio-Cortez was a thorn in Nancy Pelosi's side, basically strong-arming Nancy Pelosi, who does not like to be bullied because she's a bully herself. Right. So she basically, once she decided that she wasn't going to be speaker anymore, well, she didn't decide. She got ousted. But she she wasn't going to take leadership now. And she's going to take a back seat. She's going to spend more time at home. And she's probably going to retire at some point soon. She's on her way out. Okay. Your your husband gets attacked in your home. You're you're an octogenarian. Don't you think it's time? I think the bigger problem there up? is that her husband was playing around with a dude. Well, I think that is the bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, but he also me, was attacked. I mean, it sort of sounds and, to me and like you got to get your house. And then the guy hit him over the head with an electric hammer. Yeah, was it an electric hammer? The batteries and everything. I, I um, don't I remember. Don't. So so in any case, the the uh, the point there though that I want to make is that Nancy Pelosi is now turning the wrath on Ocasio-Cortez. She could take Ocasio-Cortez out at any moment. And she has a long-standing great relationship with Chucky Schumer, Crocodile Tears Chuck. Mm-hmm. Remember? I remember. And so what's what's happening there is that I think um, they need to get rid of Ocasio-Cortez because Ocasio-Cortez is going to come a threatening mm-hmm. to Chucky Schumer's right. Senate seat. So they're like, we're going to get rid of nip, nip her in the bud. Right. We're going to teach her a lesson. She's been a thorn in my side and ethics. Right. And they're going to find, it's not just, what was it? You looked it up. Um, it was something benign, uh, the ethics charge. What are we talking about right now? Casio Cortez's ethics charge. Well, no, it wasn't. It, it, no, it had to do, do with uh, how. Uh, I mean, I looked this up a while ago. We, we're talking about how she used her. Um, I guess the, the person who's now her fiance and how they were compensated. No, that, no, that was that. That's that's the bigger one. Yeah, but the ethics complaint. The formal complaint. Uh, we were talking I, about it the other day, but I guess you forget. I, I'm, I'm, 
I, I, yeah. I don't recall. It may yeah. not have been me who you were talking it was about pretty, it with. Pretty benign. <laughs> pretty benign. And I thought, oh, no, there's there's bigger fish to fry than that. And uh, ah, I forget what it was. But in any case. I don't even remember talking about they it with have, you. They have dirt. They have dirt on everything. You know, they, they have dirt on everybody. I mean, look at Joe Biden, right? And his crack cocaine son, right? Hunter. Yeah. So, I mean, you have dirt on every single body. And it's it's only when you want to use that dirt. And and everybody has dirt on everybody. So it's like sort of like a short mutual assured destruction. Right. But at this point, what's, what does Nancy have to lose? Right. right. Nancy doesn't care because she's retiring. So it doesn't even matter if Ocasio-Cortez retaliates. Ocasio-Cortez is going to get the losing end of that mudslinging bargain. Are you right? talking? Are you talking about with Ocasio Cortez uh, that uh, they th- that her attendance at the 2021 gala at New York City's Metropolitan Museum you, of you, Art violated exactly right. house gifting rules? That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, 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 that is you, kind. No, we, you and I did not talk about this, but uh, or else I would have remembered. But yeah, that that to me is not that else. that to, that uh, to me is not as big a deal as some of the ethical violations with yeah. uh, her creating a job with a guy who yeah. she was dating. Who I and think she's now. In, I think she's now engaged to or something. If I have, if, well, my, if yeah. I'm tracking the story, still. I'm not tracking that story. Yeah. But uh, that sounds that like this, was a much bigger deal. That sounds like the story from two, three years ago. No, I, but it was a big story that yeah. story yeah that was a lot worse than this yeah yeah the met gala my dad just texted me and yeah said, yeah yeah no you were discussing maybe you were discussing it with your dad and you got us confused oh uh, maybe <laughs> i yeah. think so you know i talked to my dad about this stuff and he always yeah yeah half the stuff i say you know it's, it's, it's his ideas yeah there you go yeah <laughs> no seriously but he, he said the met gala right he texted me just now. right yeah, yeah yeah the met gala. so you are to correct Get it straight, sonny. you are you are to correct your reporting to our listeners because you said i forgot that i forgot a discussion we never had wow, aren't we thin-skinned today no i'm hmm. not thin-skinned i, I think just you are like you know i don't think so i'm thin-skinned so so here's the thing you know speaking of spies right yeah, Paul Whalen, that's the spy thing. That was the connection. Right. Well, it turns out that Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. was a CIA operations guy uh, in Cuba and in Mexico. It's amazing how we're still peeling the onion on that. No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, new, new, okay, so let me explain something. December 15th, 2021, they released 14,000 mm-hmm. documents. Right. Okay. And it was just by law that they had to do it. Right. And. And the intelligence community decided they needed, you know, some time to go through it all. They said, well, you got a year. So December 15th, 2022 is the deadline. So they have to come out with all this information uh, before December 15th, 2022, unless they beg for mercy and get another postponement, which is likely going to happen. But already they got a couple of documents, and it's not been given out. Yeah, this has been subpoenaed and and FOIA requested and and poked and prodded, and there's uh, researchers that have really gotten just their crumbs of the crumbs, mm-hmm. and they've realized. And you know, like I know this to be true is is that the uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. Mm-hmm. Was a CIA guy. Right. We, we and know that. I believe there is some credibility to him standing in Daly Plaza because when they asked George Herbert Walker Bush, what, where was he 
when Jenny of K got, where were you? Like, where were you? What were you thinking? You know, um, people remember, like I, you know, I remember exactly where I was and what happened when 9-11 happened. Well, that's what people say. They equated 9-11 to the shooting of JFK. Where were you? And the people that are were not born um, or are too young to rem- remember JFK, you know, they, they had that experience with 9-11. And, you know, and with 9-11, the people who have been born since... Uh, well, everybody who's, They're going to have their own... Everybody who was 20 years moment. or older uh, when JFK got shot. Um, knows where they were, what they were doing, the whole thing. I'm sure children uh, children knew e- where they were. Except for Herbert Walker Bush. He has no clue. Yeah. <laughs> he, has, he forgot completely. He forgot completely where he was. <laughs> so so the um, story is, is that the CIA has been doing this kind of, you know, uh, espion, uh, domestic espionage and, and killing people for a long time, like the Clintons. And in fact, the Clintons, you know, being head of the State Department at one point, yeah. uh, you know, the CIA works for the State Department. Right. Just like the FBI works for the Department of Justice and just like NSA works under the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you got DNI overseeing all three. Um, and that's what, the, you know, that's what it's all about. That's how it's that's how the flow chart works. But you have a lot of crime. And the CIA, they're a bunch of dirty little scoundrels is what they are. But I digress. You're definitely digressing. You know, but Lee Harvey Oswald, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, did they set him up as a patsy and did they want to kill him off Yeah, uh, because he was involved? Or, you know, who killed him? Mm-hmm. Who killed Lee Harvey Oswald um, is the question. Yeah. And who put him up to that? And, you know... The fact is, is that he was a CIA asset. Mm-hmm. So it just so happens that a CIA asset all of a sudden shows up in Dallas and gets a new job working at the book depository. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me a break. He's working CIA, but he decided he wants to work in a very strategic building on a very slow turning on, on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, it's it's just... Use your logic there. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the the roof is off. It's a slow turn on Elm Street. Uh, and you got a CIA operative mm-hmm. <laughs> up on the whatever fifth floor or whatever it was and pointing a gun out. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I think that there lends more credibility to the conspiracy stories that there was a grassy knoll. And that there was, you know, the, the, what are the odds of a CIA guy? Hey, you know, I'm just going to pick up some extra money and work mm-hmm. in the depository. Right. <laughs> what were the odds? And then the Secret Service is involved. And, you know, they hated Kennedy because Kennedy was a lot like um, Trump. Right. And that's why Trump was good friends with John John. But, you know, the thing is, is that I listened to this interview that Kennedy had September of 2062 uh, that basically two months before he died, before he was murdered. It was with Walter Cronkite. And I'm telling you, it was a 30-something minute I interview. remember that interview. Yeah, he was on, He was, it was outside. He was on a grassy, um, like a uh, grassy knoll. <laughs> he was on, That's he the was wor- on, those are the words yeah. of the morning, grassy knoll. He was knoll. sort of like on a patio deck or a lawn or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was an outside interview. It was black and white. 
it was a couple of months, be, you know, it was September, uh, uh, the September before the November when he was shot. And, and uh, he was talking about all kinds of foreign policy. And I'm telling you, every single thing he said would have been something that uh, was something I support. Mm-hmm. Like he, I agreed with every single thing he said. And it was, and the challenges at the time weren't much different than the challenges today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sounded a lot more like a Trump mm-hmm. than anything else. But then again, the Democrat Party has completely changed. Right? Why people are still declaring themselves Democrats is pretty much reminiscent of why people supported Hitler. Yeah. At this point, because when you take a look at what's happening with Twitter right now. I mean, that is total totalitarianism. That is just, you know, and people are lying. Here's the other thing. They know right from wrong. They know that what they're doing is wrong. That's why they're lying through their teeth. And why is it that Jack Dorsey right now isn't getting raided? Why is his house not getting raided? Because he lied under oath to several different committees. I I just... Don't understand why there's two standards of justice. Well, I do understand, but it's so blatantly obvious. Well, the re- let me just make a parallel to what you just said. You said why? You know why, why were people supporting Hitler? The reason why people were supporting Hitler is because he um, controlled the national media. He had a copy of Mein Kampf sent to 12 million people, which was every other household in Germany. So that is why people were supporting him. They were being indoctrinated. And that, you know, and that's the same thing you see happening right now with social media. The left is controlling a lot of what we hear. And that's why people are buying it hook, line and sinker. And that's why we need alternative quote-unquote media like red state talk radio like other conservative outlets so that you get the stories that are not being covered but here's the thing i mean these democrats just lie all the time there's a really great clip from jim jordan recently uh who basically obliterates this guy named sheckler i think is his last name and um, this isn't quite related to the top stories of the day, but quite interesting. Um, this was just a mind-blowing uh, wow moment. Uh, the House Judiciary GOP um, put this out. Let's take a listen to this really interesting soundbite by Jim Jordan talking about this libtard that was lying uh, about uh, the Supreme Court Justice uh, Rehnquist and um William Rehnquist. And, uh, William Rehnquist. I went Malita. to college with his niece. Oh wow. Yeah. Didn't you go to you must have gone to a nice school. You know, well, I, I didn't know it at the time. I, I, we didn't have that kind of celebrity in our school. <laughs> well, like I said, I didn't know it at the time. All right. Okay. Here we go. Mr. Mr. Shank, did uh did Gail Wright really tell you that? Yes. Justice Alito said he didn't tell her. She said she didn't tell him. But you're sure she told you? Absolutely. Now, you wrote a book a couple of years ago. Is that right? 2018, you wrote a a book? Yes. Uh, I want to read a section from that book. Uh, It's a section where you relate uh, you and your family were attended oral arguments at at the court. You were there in the courtroom. And that directly involved your brother, Paul, um, also a reverend, 
Uh, and I, wanted, I just want to read this, this section. You said, with the single rap of the gavel, Chief Justice William Rehnquist announced, we'll hear argument first this morning in number 95-1065, Reverend Paul Shank and Dwight Saunders versus Pro-Choice Network of Western New York. Paul and I winked at each other knowing we had made history with that reverend in his name. It had been a minor victory when we persuaded the court that reverend should remain before Paul's name, even though we had been told repeatedly that legal briefs never included such titles. You thought it was important that, obviously based on what he said, you thought it was important that the title uh, reverend be in front of Paul's name. Is that right? Correct. And why was that? Because we saw it as a religious liberty matter and that that would make it clear that it fit in that category. Did Chief Justice Rehnquist really say that, the way I just read it from your book? Uh, I can't say that I remember. That well, you're pretty darn really. specific here. You got the number, case number 95-1065. Very next word says Reverend Paul Shank. You made it a big deal. Um, thought it's the first time it's ever happened. I'm just asking, did it really happen? I wish I could tell. I would have to go back and, and review that. So you, it may not have? Possibly not. Why do you say possibly not? You were emphatic in your book. I would well, have to go back. And, well, we and did review. go back. We did go back. And I got the transcript <clears throat> right here. Proceedings, 10.05 a.m., Chief Justice Rehnquist. We'll hear argument first this morning in number 95-1065, Paul Shank and Dwight Saunders versus Pro-Choice Network of Western New York. Did you hear it? I did. Was there a word missing? Uh, title, Reverend. Yeah, wasn't in there. In your book, you said it was a big deal, so much so that you winked at your brother. Did you wink at your brother? Yes. What did you wink for if it wasn't in the title? Well, it was our case. But, you, but that's not, you said you winked because they included Reverend in the title, and the transcript says Mr. Rehnquist didn't. Perhaps not. Perhaps? Court reporter get it wrong? Did he say it? The court reporter get it wrong? Well, then. Well, we got the audio, too. I'm going to play that for everyone to hear. We'll hear argument first this morning, number 95-1065, Paul Shank and Dwight Saunders versus Pro-Choice Network of Western New York. Reverend, did you hear that? I did. Was there a word missing that's different from what you put in your book? A title, yes. What was that title? Reverend. Reverend was not there. Right? Did you wink at your brother? I think I did. In fact, I think I actually hooked him. So now you got more details. You got the key detail wrong, what you were writing about in your book, but now you remember an additional detail. You not only winked, you, not, you, you elbowed your brother. I think Even I though the reason for the wink in your writing was the fact that Reverend was using the title, something that had never been done, but it wasn't used. But we're supposed to believe you today. We're supposed to take your word over Justice Alito's word. We're supposed to take your word over a lady who gave you dollars, donated to your cause, Miss Gail Wright. You're disparaging her name, Justice Alito's name, and the court. And you, you have this, which obviously didn't happen. We got the transcript. We got the audio. But you made it a big deal in your book. One thing I've learned, people who mislead folks on small things mislead them on big things. And you know what? 
You can, you can lie in a book. That's not a crime. You can lie to the New York Times. That's not a crime. But when you come in front of Congress and you say things that are not true, you're not allowed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. And we have seen it. You're not supposed to do that. I yield back. You're not supposed to lie. And Jack Dorsey lied tremendously. But no. uh, what you just heard was Jim Jordan obliterates the credibility of the Democrats' star witness at today's hearing examining the Supreme Court. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but people are lying all the time. But if you're a Democrat, you're going to get away with it. But mm-hmm. if you're, you know, um, Paul Manafort or, well, actually, uh, Steve Bannon or someone like that, you're going to be thrown in jail. Yeah. You're going to have the books thrown at you. And, you know, if you're Adam Schiff, you could lie all day long. And, you know, it's just it's just sad. It's just sad. It's um, the two scales of justice, as we keep saying. Yeah. Now, I got this this three-part piece I I wrote, um, uh, three-part tweets, and um, I just wanted to read this off to our audience here, um, because Just just the News uh, reported this, um, as John Solomon. He said, two RNC committee uh, men call for McDaniel to drop out of uh, election for RNC chair. It says... Two RNC committee call, committeemen call for McDaniel to drop out of election for party chair. McDaniel currently has two challengers for the chairmanship after New York. Representative Lee Zeldin decided not to run, fueling speculation. Um, to, it says here that he he's positioning himself as a potential compromise choice for House Speaker, which he denies. Zeldin also stated, I won't be running for the RNC chair at this time with McDaniel's re-election pre-baked by design. But that doesn't mean she should even be running again. Roger Valeri of Louisiana says former vice chair of the RNC wrote a letter to McDaniel on Wednesday evening asking her to honor her commitment, not seek another term. Now, that being said, um, I, I did hear Harmie Dillon talking yesterday um, about something, and uh, it was a little discouraging, actually, um, that um, she was like, would you support the MAGA or whatever? And she, she basically equivocated on her response there mm-hmm. and and with uh, Donald Trump support. She's Donald Trump's attorney, yet... I guess what she's trying to do is vie for votes, and she has to. She has to she's got to walk middle. a middle line, yeah. So it was a little bit cowardly, but I guess I understand that if you have to play both sides, but that's the that's the nature of politics. If you if you're looking for votes, you know, you have to appeal to the left. That's well, why she's w- in a little bit of a difficult situation because on one hand, uh, the Trump name helps her with a certain portion of the base. On the other hand, it hurts her. So she really has to try to, you know, cut across um, the whole spectrum to try to appeal to everybody. But one, but what I do think is working in her favor is, uh, is, as we talked about at the onset of the show, is the feelings about Rona McDaniel are increasingly more negative, um, you know, from you know, people that we talk to and people that were, you know, we know uh, who are in the movement. And I think that that feeling is going to transcend, um, 
you know, other objections against uh, Harmie Dillon or other potential replacements for, for Rona McDaniel. Because Rona McDaniel, a lot of conservatives do not like this, the extent to which she came out for the LGBTQ community. I mean, which isn't to say that you're not, uh, that you're anti-LGBTQ, there, but there is a difference between being tolerant and there's a di- and being um, a uh, speaker for a particular agenda in a way in which it looks like you're um, basically um, catering to to a leftist agenda, which it does not you know appeal to people that are true conservatives. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. No, I think it, it shocked a lot of people the way you know, that whole situation. So one of, the, one of the big beefs we have with regard to the Twitter thing and the censorship and, you know, this we knew it all along. Yeah, we knew it's it all being, along. We're being vindicated. It's being proven. Um, but w- the reason why this is happening is because they are actually pushing. They're pushing a lie and they're rigging elections. They're yeah. rigging elections, and people need to stop and think about their vote. Yeah. And people need to realize that what's happening is they should never trust the Democrats. The yeah. Democrats are liars. Yeah. But, and, and just vote straight ticket Republican. How could you lose? Right. But that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is the fact that, you know, they're pushing these voter registrations. And they're automating these registrations and they're setting up teams and groups of, of telecom centers mm-hmm. to register databases full of illegals mm-hmm. and non-citizens and dead people. And they're registering these people and they're registering them as Democrat. And then they're sending out ballots without request. Mm-hmm. See, the whole thing about ballots getting sent out without a request for a ballot. Right. Is the key problem. Because the ballots are getting sent out and picked up by harvesters and dropped in boxes in the thousands. So one of the things that they need to do is they need to actually say make a law in Congress that says ballots should never be allowed to be sent out mm-hmm. unless requested in writing. Somehow these ballots need to be requested, like an absentee ballot used Mm -hmm. to be. And until we get there, you're going to have this systematic uh, processing and manufacturing Mm -hmm. of ballots, which all that requires to do that is money. Right. And when you have FTX and uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and George Soros rigging systems and figuring out ways to automate Amazon-style you know, you got Jeffrey Bezos and Bill Gates and George Soros and the most money that you could ever shake a stick at. You got Klaus Schwab and all the World Economic Forum corporations in their pocket. You got BlackRock and Vanguard mm-hmm. and you got all these multinational corporations all financing and rigging the ballot system. Mm-hmm. You got to take all of that away. Yeah, And you got to appeal, you got to make uh, candidates appeal to the voter. And you got to make sure that they debate. It should be a, 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 a prerequisite for the job. Compulsory. Compulsory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but until that happens, we're going to get more of this. Version of a social credit system. Oh, yes, definitely. 
yeah, that's and that hi- highly will, probable. And that it will be accepted by many people because, again, that they won't even yearning notice. for safety. That they won't notice even. Yeah, you, you can't believe how much people don't know these things. When I went to the UK, I talked to some people from the House of Lords. This is within the last six months. The most astute of the people sitting in the House of Lords had only become aware of the woke movement in the last 18 months. Oh, yes, you, you just can't believe how much this is not on people's radar. Not Someone like you can't believe that at all because it's on your radar all the time. That's not You live in a world that's on the cutting edge of this sort of thing. It's like... People have no idea. It's like, well, why not have a digital passport? I mean, you know, how convenient. It's like, fair enough, and you can understand that. Wouldn't it be nice if we could pay for everything with our phones? It's like, wouldn't it be nice if the central government who's woke-oriented and makes carbon dioxide remediation the priority knows exactly what you spend on everything so they can target you tax-wise with precision? It's like, oh, didn't think about that. It's like, yeah, yeah. You sure didn't. And oh yes, it's highly probable it'll be a miracle if we if we escape from that. You can see these signs of this everywhere. You know, when you go through airports now, there's a lot of automated barriers. You show your passports, like, well, these are automated barriers. What if you can't go through them? Well, that's the situation for many people in China. It's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna argue with the machine? Like you just cannot imagine how screwed you are. There isn't it's way worse than anything Kafka ever imagined, because at least with Kafka, there was bureaucrats, faceless though they may have been, they were at least still human. Once the machines can lock you out, <laughs> you are in such trouble. And we're speeding towards that with, uh, with an immense lack of, of care. Mm. Yeah, and that's what they're doing in China with those QR codes yeah. to turn red, and then you have to go in quarantine. Um, and then, you know, it's not like they're lying to you. Just listen to Katie uh, Hopkins right here. They're lying to you. Last year, we had zero flu. This year, we have normal amounts of flu. What? Why? Why? Because we were too busy having COVID last year. Would you, Adam and Eve, it. In the USA, already there are record high cases of flu. That's right, flu. And last year, there were none at all on the whole planet. I mean, if you believe those nutter conspiracy theorists, it's almost as if flu was counted as as COVID last year and then now suddenly it's back again. But obviously, (laughs) we'd never be lied to by our own governments so that they could profit from Big Pharma. No way. <laughs> well, that's exactly what it is, is, is you know, suddenly, you know, you, you move some um, <laughs> items from one bucket to the other, and yeah. that's what happens. And, and they're just lying to you. They'll take a listen to this. This was misinformation, but this was green-lighted. The, yeah. You know, the conspiracy nut jobs that questioned this um, were censored and deplatformed. Mm-hmm. During 2021... We should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines, and and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up, so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops 
with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving um, the virus. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. I think given the country as a whole, the fact that we have now about 50% of adults fully vaccinated and about 62% of adults having received at least one dose as a nation, I I'm, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. So this is the government we're supposed to believe with our money, yeah, right, and our speech. Um, the same people. Um, uh, are at these social media companies yeah. that are censoring us yep. as well. And there's just so much undeniable proof now of shadow banning. They call it um, uh, voice filtering or something like mm-hmm. that, VF. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's also misinformation about this Ukraine war, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been told that the Western sanctions against Russia are bringing about Soviet-style shortages. I think that the only one that's de- dealing with shortages and scarcities right. is the West. Yeah. The West is getting crushed. Um, and and not only that, but what's happening also is that the West, uh, India, for example, India and, and all the BRICS nations, yeah. um, China, India, they're all getting their oil from Russia. And meanwhile, the West is clamoring for this new climate tyranny, right? This climate mm-hmm. lockdown. They're starting to lock people down. They're, they basically groomed you with COVID, and they're using climate to lock you down. And they're telling you to stay indoors and all kinds of crap. And it's interesting, but there's a report by Rebel News that suggests, hey, Russia's not suffering at all. That, that this whole misinformation, because they've cut off all Russian news, right? Uh, on YouTube, on Google, on on uh, Facebook, um, what's happened is you don't really know what's happening in Russia. No, you so don't. So let's let's find out. I'm Jeremy Lafreda for Rebel News in Moscow, Russia. We've been told that the Western sanctions against Russia are bringing the economy to its knees. Well, one marker of that is the price of food. Essential goods like cheese, milk, bread, and meat are all markers of how well the economy's doing. Well, I'm going to go to a grocery store in Moscow and see if the shelves are bare and see if things are expensive or not. (laughs) 
sanctions leveled against Russia by the U.S. and its allies are the harshest ever handed down. The Russians are dealing with some hefty international sanctions levied against the country. And their effects are being widely felt in Russia. After touching down in Moscow, the first thing I decided to do was get some food. But I wondered if that would be easy. The New York Times reported that the Western sanctions against Russia are leading to essential goods scarcity. And the Washington Post went as far as saying that Russia is facing, quote, Soviet-era shortages. So I went to a grocery store here in Russia to get the whole story and some food, and to experience firsthand the reported scarcity and Soviet-style shortages. The grocery store I went to in Moscow was located inside of a shopping center. And to my surprise, the shopping center was filled with both regular consumer and luxury stores, all stocked. But this doesn't mean that the grocery store has food. These are separate types of goods from different places, and different sanctions affect different things. Upon walking in, I was surprised. It seemed like not only a normal grocery store, but it was absolutely full of food. Barilla pasta, which you can get at any grocery store in the States, was stacked so tall that I would need a ladder to reach the linguine. But I remained skeptical, because surely the New York Times and the Washington Post wouldn't be lying. And of course, the seemingly full store could be a facade. There could only be one item in front of the shelf and nothing behind it. A classic move. Another question was, how expensive is everything? Russian stores could have food, but with inflation and shortages, items could be so expensive that no one can afford it. First, I went to the milk aisle. Kefir, 1%, 2%, 3%, and even 4% milk, yogurts, and fake dairy alternatives. They had a lot of options. I got a liter of regular milk. It was 89 rubles, or $1.41. Then I went for some bread. Nothing fancy, just a loaf of whole wheat. It was 60 rubles, or 95 cents. They also had an entire bakery making fresh baked goods. Then I made my way to the meat section. They had beef, chicken, turkey, pork, and even rabbit. I settled for a pound of ground beef, which was 175 rubles, or $2.78. I then decided to get some eggs. Strangely enough, the eggs were not kept refrigerated, but they did have dozens of choices. I got 10 eggs for 99 rubles, or $1.47. Then I decided to get some vegetables for my meat, a container of mushrooms for 79 rubles, or $1.25. And then I went to pay for everything, in rubles of course. The total for milk, eggs, beef, bread, and mushrooms was 499 rubles, or $7.92. Surprisingly, it seems the mainstream media is not being entirely truthful in regards to the effects sanctions are having on the prices of essential goods in Russia. Despite my experience, a few people I spoke to explained that the sanctions have had an effect on them in one way or another. This lady. So he goes into these interviews, but I think you've heard enough. There. Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, far different than what we're hearing. Exactly. Right? And, uh, you know, and then um, I wanted to cover some stories I read over at the Gateway Pundit as well. Uh, here's one. It says, in 2018, Jack Dorsey said, we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints. Today, it was confirmed that Dorsey was lying. Of course, we've already reported that. Um, and he said it over and over again. Um, also, Katie Hobbs uh, was basically saying, directing Arizonians to monitor election-related speech. Speech. <laughs> And uh, we are going to take this. This is John from uh, the Chicago area. Uh, John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Guys, uh, how are you today? And I hope you have a great weekend. I wanted to chime in on what chime in on what you just said. Yeah. You know, these countries that are edging away from the U.S., I would argue there's three factors. Number one, they're tired of U.S. militarism. We've been doing this for decades. You have this huge budget that's largely wasted, but we end up you know, pushing this country around or that country around 
and that accelerated after 1990. And it has really irritated people. We have a chance to break away now, and, and they're taking it. Number two, they don't trust us. When they stole the Russians' assets, that was a breaking point. And there was a Russian word, Nito Gavoros Vosopny. Nito Gavoros Vosopny. And it basically translates into not agreement capable. When you steal someone's bank assets and you freeze their assets, effectively talk about confiscation in the EU with that, that fool, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Ursula van der Leyen. When you start talking about this, people realize that can happen to us, especially when you're an Arab leader and oftentimes you're a dictator or something close in the Arab world. You're worried about your assets. Can you keep them in Switzerland or in England anymore? London was reputed for that. It was renowned for being a place where you could do business in, and particularly Switzerland. Take that away, you undercut the need to or the willingness to associate with you. And the third thing is the wokeism. I think... I think the West decay has become evident. You, they see this on television enough now, to know the good and the bad. And they see this decay, and they're not friendly with the whole LGBTQ stuff. And the, the white leadership abasement, self-abasement before various minorities looks pathetic. They don't respect oh, that. Yeah, and we saw, we saw how and well that worked out. Great. And we saw how well that worked out in South Africa. Look at what the, what's going on in South Africa right now. It's a shell of itself, number one. Number two, um, you know, the uh, Obama started this when, you know, in the wake of the 2008 housing crisis, he decided to smother the economy with higher taxes and redistribution of wealth schemes and climate and a whole host of other things, open borders. And, and the thing about that is, is that um, uh, the Democrats tend to do the worst moves economically when we're struggling. We're coming out of COVID. Number one, the lockdowns, huge mistake, right? Masks don't work. The vaccines were ineffective as well. I never got a vaccine. I'm fine. But uh, aside from all of that, uh, th- what they're doing with um, all this spending, increasing inflation, they're doing it on purpose to crush the middle class. But uh, And I-, I believe that Obama didn't have the middle class at heart when he made his moves either. But that's been the biggest problem for, 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 for the West, Correct. is that they've been following, you know, this is the last, we don't need climate right now, and we didn't need COVID lockdowns. You know, th- th- these were things that destroyed economies, and that's what that's what we're experiencing now. Unfortunately, I did a lot of this talking. We're out of time, but uh, John, you have any right. last second less less words? Well, I'll just say, essentially, these people don't like their own societies, and yeah. that's because we have wormed away at yeah. our own self confidence of the last hundred years. All right, hey, thanks a lot for calling in. Have a great weekend. And yeah, one, one last thing. Uh, visit uh, spectator.org and check out my review of the new book, Portable Magic, a history of books and their readers. All right. We'll be there soon. Hey, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravota. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. And use Red State over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 